Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And we will begin reading with verse number 19. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 19. Praise God. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 19. That's in the Old Testament. Just trying to help you tonight. Praise God. Daniel chapter 3 verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army. I mean, he brought out the big guns, didn't he? He brought out the big guns. He said, I'm not letting some little pipsqueak take care of this. I'm mad enough that I'm going to bring out the biggest, baddest dudes I can find. Number one, he wanted to intimidate them. I know you're standing, but that's what this is all about. It was a matter of intimidation. He wanted them to cower in fear. He didn't have to turn that furnace up. It would have destroyed them at its normal temperature. But he said, crank it up. And then he said, bring me the big guys. He wanted them scared. He commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen. I'll let Brother Sisler explain why these guys are wearing hose. I, I hadn't figured that out yet, but I'll leave that for him. Praise God. Their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, if we end the story right there, this is a sad story. But as Paul Harvey would say, we know the rest of the story, right? We know how it all ends. But I'm going to tell you, there are some things about this that I think we need to make note of. Praise God. I think we need to, to allow our spirit to glean some things. And, and I'll come back and talk about this again in a moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I've often said it. God doesn't put these stories in the Bible so we can rejoice about what he did. They're there to tell us what he will do for us. And in case you hadn't figured it out, we're in the midst of the fiery furnace right now. But I'm going to tell you, in the midst of this fiery furnace, God's got some things he wants to teach us. This furnace is not for our destruction. No, no, no. God loves us too much to let the devil destroy us. It's not for our destruction. It's to make us better. 
It's to make us stronger. God's got a purpose in what's going on right now. We don't understand it, but he's got a purpose. But I do believe there are some things we can learn from this example. And I want to talk about those four lessons from the fiery furnace. Praise God. Would you pray with me right now that God would speak to our hearts. Let's everybody talk to the Lord together right now. We give you praise tonight. That's it. Let's worship him right now. Come on. Let's let him know how much we love him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, hallelujah. We're going to get right into this and we're going to break Brother Sisler in tonight as my reader. He hadn't got to do this, so it's about time. We, we gave him time to kind of get adjusted and settle in and get his feet on the ground. Now it's time to run to the chopping block. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. Let us listen to what the apostle Peter had to say to the church. Beloved, First Peter, read. Think it not strange think concerning it not strange concerning the fiery trial concerning that fiery trial which is to try which you which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you Look look church listen to me tonight I don't care how much we read this verse or how much we talk about it when we're not in the trial we shout amen to these words but when we're in the midst of the trial we forget what Peter told us He said don't think it's strange don't be shocked that you're going through problems. Don't be surprised that the world seems to be falling apart. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But, but what? Rejoice. But what? But rejoice. But what? But rejoice. That's what we've been doing around here tonight. That's what we did around here Sunday night. We want the devil to know that's what we're going to keep on doing. We're not going to hang our heads and feel sorry for ourselves. We are not going to crawl in a cave and back up and shut up. But we're going to rejoice. Rejoice. Why? Inasmuch as ye are partakers, You're partakers of Christ's suffering. Hey, 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 hey. The one we say we want to be like uh -huh. had to suffer. And we're not going to be like him if we don't suffer. Right. Well, hallelujah. We're partakers of his suffering. Read. 
that when his glory so that when his glory shall be revealed, shall be revealed you may be glad you can be glad also with exceeding listen joy. this is what peter said we got to go through some suffering we've got to walk through the fiery trial but when we get to the other side god's got some glory he's going to bring and when that glory comes we are going to be glad with exceeding joy We're going to appreciate it a whole lot more once we've walked through the fire. Hallelujah. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Yeah. I got one amen out of that. Again, it's harder to do than it is to just shout amen to. But this is what James tells us. This is what we ought to be doing. We ought to be counting it joy. Well, amen. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, I'm going to try to help you tonight. I'm going to show you there are some things we need to learn from the fiery furnace that if we can learn these lessons as we go through it, we can count it joy. Because we know what God's going to do through the midst of it all. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11. I'm trying to go through these. I've got so many scriptures here and I don't have that much time to cover it so we're, we're hitting some things rapid fire so I can really take my time on some things we need to. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come this is what I said a while ago God did not put this story of the three Hebrews in the Bible so we could shout about how he delivered Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that's not why the story's there but the story's there because God knows every one of us are going to walk through a fiery furnace too and he wants us to know that just the same way that he carried them through their fire he's going to carry us through ours. They're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. That's us. That's us. And, and, and Paul said, that's why these things were written. They happened to them just as an example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't know when they're going through it that the whole reason God let them go through it was because he had a people that would be around in the end times that were going to need that story for encouragement. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Listen, we know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, right? 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 Right. right. Hallelujah. So that means if he did it for them, he'll do it for us. He said, I'm the Lord. I change not. Right? Right? So if he did it for them, he'll do it for us. I'm telling you, church, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how difficult it might seem right now, I'm telling you, what God wants is for us to put our trust in him. God, we don't understand, but we trust you. 
we trust you. We're not going to lose our confidence and we're not going to give up our integrity. And if we'll do that, God will take care of us just like he did these three Hebrews. So let's talk about these four lessons tonight. And they're not, I'm not going to give them to you in the order they appear in the scripture. Um, but I'm going to give you all four of them. All right, is that fair enough? We'll get all four of them done, but not in the order they appear. Let's start with, with chapter three. And this is Bible study time. I know I'm kind of preaching my way through it tonight because I feel it really strong. But, but it is Bible study time, so get your Bible open. Daniel chapter 3, leave it open. I want to show you. We're going to use other scriptures, but I want you to stay right there in Daniel 3. I want you to see this in your Bible. Daniel chapter 3, verse 26. Listen to this. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, Come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth. They came out of the fire. Lesson number one, our trials will not last forever. Just as there was an entrance into this furnace, God is going to give us an exit. Well, hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is not where we're staying. This is not the end of the story. How many times have I preached to this church that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher? I reminded Brother Jared of that today when I was up at the hospital with him. I said, look, Jesus, the devil doesn't get to be the finisher of this story. Jesus is the author and the finisher. The devil can't write the last chapter. Jesus gets to write it. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm telling you, the author can write it any way he wants it. He can make the story end any way he wants it to end because he's the author. You've heard me preach about this. You've heard me talk about this. Time and again, I've said to this church, you know, I, I've talked about those Louis L'Amour stories when Chick Beaudry's out there in the middle of the desert. And he's, he's now I've got to be careful because Elder Westberg told us they shot Louis L'Amour out in Junction City. They, they, they got rid of him, praise God. But anyhow, listen, he, 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 Chick Beaudry out there in the middle of the desert and, and, and he's, he's just about to die. He's, he's so thirsty he doesn't know what to do and there's no water and there's nothing around. Just before he reaches the very end, here comes a bee. And something starts churning his mind. And he follows that bee because he knows that bee is going where there's life. And he follows the bee to a little oasis where there's water. Now I want to ask you, where'd that bee come from? And where did that water come from? You want to know where it came from? The author wrote it into the story. 
And I'm telling you, our author can still write miracles into our story. When we think there is no way out of this, the author knows how to make a way. When the children of Israel stood at the Red Sea with Pharaoh behind them and mountains around them and the water in front of them, the author just picked up his pen. Pharaoh, you're not writing the last chapter. I am. Where'd that highway come from? I'll tell you where it came from. The author wrote it into the story. And I don't know what the author's going to write into this story, but you hear me, it's going to be something great. There will be an exit. There will be a way out. You know, we, we, quote, we quote Psalm 23. Sometimes we don't really pay attention to exactly what it says. Read verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley no, of wait, the wait, shadow wait, wait, wait. of death. Yea, though I walk what? Through. Though I walk what? Through. Did you ever notice that? He didn't say, though I walk into the valley and die there. He said, though I walk through it. That means I know I'm in it right now, but I also know God's going to get me out of here. I'm preaching to you tonight, church. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't stay in that furnace. And we're not going to stay in ours. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there had no temptation taken you, but such as, but is, such common as is common to man. man. But God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer, will not suffer or permit tempted. you to be tempted above, above that, you are, that you are able. But, with but the, he with will with the temptation also, also make, make a way to escape. And ye may be able to bear it. Listen, I've said this. I've said this for 20 years. Sometimes we need to be reminded because when we're not there, we hear it, we say amen, and then we forget it. But I've said it over and over. Anytime you find yourself in a trial, you better believe God has measured you up against the trial. And God doesn't let it come stronger than you're able to handle it. And so the more severe the trial, the more faith God has in you. Some of you said, I wish you didn't have quite so much faith in me. But he does, he does. All right, all right, the second lesson. First lesson is our trials don't last forever. Everyone say our trials don't last forever. All right, now I hope you believe that. I hope you believe that tonight. All right, the second lesson, the second lesson, verse 27. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose body the fire upon whose body had no power. The fire had no power. 
Nor was a hair of their head singed. Nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed. Neither were their coats changed. Nor the smell of fire. Nor had the passed smell of on fire them. had passed on them. Now look, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. The fire had no power on their bodies. It had no power on their clothes. It didn't even singe their hair. How many of you have gotten your hand a little too close to the grill? You feel the heat. By the time you look down, your hair's been singed. You don't have to get it in the fire. Just get it close enough and it'll singe your hair. But they weren't just close to the fire. They were right, as we used to say in the South, smack dab in the middle of it. And even though they were in the middle of it, it didn't singe their hair. And not even the smell of smoke passed upon them. <laughs> you know, somebody gets around smoke, you can tell it. Yeah, I just was reminded of that this evening. Somebody stopped by the church wanting money. And... Uh, I said, you know, I don't want to be offensive, but I smell cigarettes. And if you can afford cigarettes, you don't need my money. All you've got to do is get close to smoke. It gets into the fibers of your clothing. It gets into your skin. It gets into your hair. But the Bible says of these men that though they were in the middle of that fiery furnace, they didn't smell like smoke. I'm here to tell you that if somebody did not know what was going on and suddenly burst into the palace and came up on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'd have never known that these men had just come out of the fire. There was no evidence. Well, hallelujah. There was no evidence that they had been through a trial. Listen, the second lesson is we can come through our trials unscathed. We don't have to be hurt by this. We don't have to be slowed down by this. We don't have to be scarred by this. Oh, I'm preaching to you tonight, church. I'm telling you, God knows what we can handle as a church. God knows we're able to bear this, and he's counting on us. I, I, I mentioned this Sunday night, but we're going to come back and look at it tonight. Job chapter 1 and verse number 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Everything he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. Now look, the devil wanted to attack Job. But God set the parameters. The first time that the devil came before God, God said, you can touch his possessions, but you can't touch him. And what did the devil do? Took his possessions, including his children. But he didn't touch Job. He couldn't. Listen, I'm telling it's, it's like God has got the devil on a chain. And he says, you're only going as far as I let you go. 
Now he let Job come through that. Before he let the devil come back and do something else. Devil, Job had already passed the first test. And then the devil comes back. Read uh, uh, verse uh, chapter 2 verse 6. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy he hand. He is in thy hand. But save his life. But save his life. Again, God said, I'm going to give you a little bit more leash here, devil. I'm going to let you just go a little bit farther. But that's it. And the devil took him as close to death. In fact, the devil put him in a place he wished he was dead. But he wasn't dead. The devil couldn't do that because God didn't let him do that. I'm telling you, when it was all said and done, Job came through that thing unscathed. In fact, he came out of that with twice as much as what he started with. Well, I'm telling you, if there'd been a family member hadn't seen Job in a while and suddenly showed up at the Job ranch, they'd have never known Job had been sick nigh unto death. They'd have never known he lost all his possessions. All they know is he's living mighty high now. I'm saying to you, church, we don't have to get depressed. We don't have to get down. We don't have to get discouraged. We don't have to be bruised and wounded as we walk through this trial. We can come through this without even the smell of smoke. Oh, hallelujah. I feel this tonight. I said we can come through this without even smelling like smoke. Our hair not singed, our clothes not changed. All right, all right, all right. Lesson number three. Back up to verse 23. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to make it tonight. All right. Back up to verse 23. Daniel 3, three, 23. And these three men. These three men. Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Meshach, and Abednego. Fell down bound. Fell down. What? Bound. They fell down. Fell down bound. All right. Now, now look at this church. They fell down. Bound. Bound. Into the midst, Into the midst of the burning, of the fiery, burning furnace. fiery furnace. They fell down bound. But two verses later, verse 25. And he answered and said. This is Nebuchadnezzar answered and said. Lo, I see lo, four, I see men, four men. Wait a minute. I see four men what? Loose. They went into it bound. But they came out of it loosed. The only thing the fire affected was the captors and the bonds. Those big burly men that Nebuchadnezzar brought up there, they were his most powerful men. But when God got through, they were dead and the Hebrews were alive. The ropes that the enemy put on them when they got down there, that fire didn't even touch those boys' clothes, but it burned the ropes off of them. 
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, lesson number three, our trials should always leave us better than what they find us. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, if we'll maintain our integrity and our trust in God through this, when we come out on the other side, we're going to be so much better off. I wish somebody believed that. We're going to be so much better off on the other side of this thing. Sunday night. Sunday night. I said to this church, God wants to take Brother Jared to another dimension in his ministry. God's going to put a stronger anointing on him. While church was going on, I didn't know it, but my pastor was trying to call me. He's, he was in the Philippines and forgot about the time difference and forgot it was Sunday night, and I know what that's all about. And uh, he was trying to call me during church. And so after church, he finally got a hold of me, and, and uh, he wanted to talk to me about Brother Jared and, and uh, what he said to me. And he had no idea what I had just said. But he said, Brother Riggin, if Brother Jared will just hang on, God's going to give him a greater level of anointing. And he's going to come out of this with a greater ministry. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'm telling you, but it's not just Brother Jared. It's this church. We're going to walk through this thing. And when we get out of here, the glory of God that's going to fill this house is going to be greater than anything we've ever experienced before. The power of God is going to rock this place like we've never known. Romans 8 and 28 is that water is that is that an open bottle all right I've already finished off one God's not bound by time and neither am I all right Romans 8 and 28 we can quote it and we know that all things we can quote it work together but sometimes we don't believe it right and we know that some things all things we know that many things all things we know that most things all things have you got it yet and we know that all, all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose I said it the other night, I say again, not everything that happens is good, but I can promise you before God gets done, he's going to bring some good out of it. Listen, listen. There could not be a resurrection until there was a crucifixion. Well, do you know that had there not been severe persecution, in fact, this is not in your notes. Get for me Acts chapter 8, verse 1. I want to show you something. You know, 
You know, uh, in fact, this is interesting because Acts 1 verse 8, maybe you can get that for me, Brother Brandon. Get for me Acts 1 verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8 and then let him read his first and then, and then we'll go to Acts 8 verse 1. Everybody's with me? We're comparing 1 and 8 to 8 and 1. Let's go to 1 and 8 first. What's it say? But you shall receive power. Receive power. After that the, After Holy, the Holy Ghost, Ghost comes upon, upon you. And you, and shall, you be shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem. Only in Jerusalem. Both. No, no, no. It's going to start in Jerusalem, but it's not supposed to stop there. In Jerusalem. In Judea. And in all Judea. In Samaria. And in Samaria. And unto the, and uttermost, part to the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. earth. But I'm telling you, for seven chapters in the book of Acts, they stayed in Jerusalem. Everything they did was in Jerusalem. They never got outside Jerusalem. But Acts 8 and 1. And Saul was consenting unto Saul his was death. Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, at that time there was a great there persecution, was a great persecution against, the church, against the church, which was, which at, was Jerusalem. at Jerusalem. And, and they, they were all scattered all abroad, scattered abroad throughout, the throughout the regions of Judea, of Judea and, Samaria. and Samaria. Wait a minute. That's where they were supposed to go in the beginning, but they didn't go there. But God sent persecution. But I'm going to tell you, the persecution didn't stop the church. It spread the church. Oh, I feel this tonight. Devil! Yeah, I'm going to tell you, we're going to be just like the Jews. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. chapter 7 Stephen has to get martyred before Saul becomes Paul you know the devil probably was really having a party when old Stephen died but God turned it around and said a greater than Stephen well hallelujah I'm telling you church God knows how to take the worst situations and bring good out of it Take the apostle John and exile him to the Isle of Patmos. There's nobody around, nobody to encourage him, nobody to build his faith, nobody to come by and pray for him. He's there by himself. But you know what John did? He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I just started praying. I just started getting lost in the Holy Ghost. And because of that time of exile on Patmos, we've got the book of Revelation. God brought good out of a terrible situation. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you many times, the road that will lead us to the place God wants us to be, the place where his blessings are the greatest, is a road that first leads us through fiery trials. It's the only path we can take, Brother Sizzler. It's the only road that will take us to where God wants us to be. Hallelujah. John chapter 15. Let me show you something here. John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not branch fruit, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He takes it away. And every branch. Now, now look, let's just let's look at this. If a branch is not doing anything, 
God's going to cut it off. God's going to get rid of it. All right? But what else did he say? And every branch but every that bears branch fruit. That does bear fruit. He purgeth it. He's going to purge it. Or the Greek word is, he's going to prune it. Do you know what it is to prune a branch? If you're that branch, it doesn't feel too good. When they get those pruning shears out and start clipping off all the extra little sprouts that aren't really doing much, it's a painful process to that branch. But it's a necessary process in order for that branch to bear more fruit. And that's what he said. If you're not bearing any fruit, it cuts you off. But if you are bearing fruit, just get ready. Because the pruning shears are coming. But they're not coming to hurt you. They're coming to produce more fruit in you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, God has got something big in store for us. We cannot imagine the fruit that's going to be born out of this church if we'll just stand firm during this pruning process. All right, all right, all right. Must be getting close to quitting time. Hallelujah. All right, I got nine minutes till magic hour. Hallelujah. Um, let's go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, uh-huh. then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit profit. that we may be partakers of his holiness. Uh Now no chastening for the present. Now at the present no chastening seems to be joyous. joyous, But grievous. But it seems to be grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised exercised thereby. Listen to what he said. If you don't ever get chastised and you don't ever go through a problem, then you're not really even God's son. You're illegitimate. That's what the Bible says. You're illegitimate. If God never corrects you, you're illegitimate. But he said, I want you to know something. God doesn't do it because he enjoys doing it. He does it because he's got a plan and he's trying to produce something in our lives. So when the trial comes, we need to understand God is at work. As I said, we can focus on the devil. Well, the devil's fighting us. Well, the devil's against us. That's true. But the devil's only doing what God lets him do. And we've got to see this and we've got to understand this that God knows how to play the devil. I'm not saying he can pretend to be. I'm saying he knows how to make the devil do things his way. All right? God knows how to use the devil in all of his wickedness. God can outsmart the devil any day. And whatever the devil tries to do, I'm telling you, he doesn't catch God off guard. God's already got a plan. God's already got an ending written. God already knows how he's going to make this work out. And he's going to bring the church through. And he's going to make us more productive. And he's going to make us more powerful. mentioned this Sunday night we're going to throw it in again tonight 
Romans 8.18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever we're suffering now. And I said it Sunday. We often use this just strictly talking about heaven. And, and I do believe that's the main idea here. But I don't believe it's limited to heaven. I believe that the Apostle Paul is telling us whatever we're going through right now, there's glory at the end of it. Are you hearing me? Whatever we're walking through right now, God has got glory at the end of this trial. And God is making sure whatever our trial is, the glory is so much greater that it's not even worth comparing the two. So in the midst of one of the darkest nights we've walked through, I'm telling you, you better get ready for the brightest glory we've ever imagined. That's the way God works. That's the way God works. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Lesson number four. Five minutes. Lesson number four. I'm going to make it. Praise God. Lesson number four. Let's go back again. Let's read verses 24 and 25. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Yeah, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He was shocked. He was amazed when he looked down. Not only were these three walking around loose, but there was a fourth one down there. There was somebody else that he didn't throw in there that was in there. And I'm telling you, it's because the presence of the fourth one that the three didn't get hurt. You see, I want to tell you something, church. God didn't send his children into a bad situation alone. God didn't say, all right, you go down there to the fiery furnace. God went in with them. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you lesson number four is simply this. We're not in this alone, but God is with us. God is in this fire. You hear me? God is in this fire. Brother Sisler, I don't see where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ever said they saw the fourth man. I don't know that they did. I don't know that they had any indication that he was there, but he was, and it was evident to their enemies. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we may not know where God is in this, but the world's going to know, and our enemies are going to know that we're not going through this alone, but God is in the midst of the fire with us.
go back to Psalm 23, 4. I didn't let you finish that a while ago. And there was a reason why I stopped you before we got done with it. Yea, though I walk yea, through the I valley of the shadow of death. the valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. He said, I'm not afraid. Listen, he said, I'm not afraid. I'm going through this valley, and it's a dark valley. It's a valley that's filled with death. It's a valley that's filled with depression. It's a valley that is filled with discouragement, but I'm not afraid. Why, David, are you strong? No, it's not because I'm strong. There's another reason why I'm not afraid. For thou art with me. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have anything to fear as long as I know God is still with me. Yes. In fact, in fact, I know my time's up. I know my time's up. But but turn in your Bible to Psalm 23. I mentioned this at some somebody's funeral, but I think it's good for us to hear it right now. I want you to look at some. In fact, turn your Bibles. You, I haven't dismissed yet. You get your Bibles. Turn over to Psalm 23. I know I told you to stay in Daniel, but right now we're going to Psalm, so go to Psalm. Psalm 23. I want you to start reading verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. He maketh Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, how does verse 2 start? He maketh wait. me. Who? He. He. Everyone say he. He. He maketh me. The Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me. To lie down in green, lie down pastures. green pastures. He leadeth me. He. Everyone say he. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness righteousness for his name's sake. sake. Yea, though I walk. Now look at this. Yea, though I walk through through the the valley valley of the the shadow shadow of death, death, I will will fear fear no evil for thou not he. Not he. All of a sudden, when he got in the middle of that valley, he wasn't talking about God. He was talking to God. And it's the rest of the, ver- of the chapter. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I met God in the valley of the shadow of death. God was there. He was with me. I wasn't alone. I know him now like I've never known him before. I recognize him like I've never recognized him. I'm telling you, church, we've got a divine appointment. I said we've got a divine appointment. God's waiting on us in the midst of this valley. Somewhere he's going to show up like never before. And we're not going to have to just talk about him. We're going to be talking to him. Because he's right there. He's right there. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 5. He saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Never, 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 never. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you. 
I'm there. I'm there. New Life Pentecostal Church, you hear me tonight. God has not abandoned us. God has not walked away from us. God is drawing closer to us. We're about to recognize his face. I'm telling you, God is in the middle of this thing. trial unscathed they learn number three praise God that the trial makes us better and they learn number four that God's in this trial with them now if we can get a hold of that and we can believe those things let me show you what the end result is and I am finishing up sister Becca if you want to come and I don't think you got to think too hard about what to sing tonight praise God hallelujah amen we're probably all thinking the same song anyhow so might as well sing it right praise God I want to show you the end result Daniel chapter 3 verses 28 and 29 then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said this is the man who built the big idol of gold this is the man who had his idol wanted everybody to fall down and worship this is the man that got so mad that these three boys out of the whole kingdom refused to bow to his idol this is the man but here's what he said Blessed be Blessed the God of, be Shadrach, the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, Meshach, and Abednego, who, who has sent his angels and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve or worship any God except their God. Therefore, I make a decree every people, every nation, Every language that says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sword. See, Nebuchadnezzar thought his God was a powerful God. But he soon learned his God didn't have anything on their God. There's no God. You know, when he said there's no God, that means even this statue here. There's no God that can deliver like their God can. I will tell you, that's what's going to happen when the church walks through their trial and comes through it learning every lesson, keeping everything in place. I'm telling you, the world around us is going to look and say, surely they've got a hold of something that's real. Surely there's a God in that house. See, the Lord said, he said, my glory, I'll not give to another. So I'm telling you, God takes 
every opportunity to show his glory and to bring glory to himself. God could have sent a child to Abraham and Sarah at any point in their young lives. He could have. Sarah was barren. She was born barren. From the time they got married, she was barren. And if he'd have given them a child, it would have still been a miracle. But according to uh, the, the book of, of, uh, uh, of Romans, Paul said that, or, or the book of Hebrews Paul, I believe, wrote Hebrews, said that Abraham's body was now dead. God could have performed a miracle on Sarah at any time, but God waited not only till Sarah was barren, but Abraham wasn't able to produce either. Because when that miracle happened, nobody's getting any glory but God. Everybody knows this was God and God alone. You know, Jesus, Jesus raised a number of dead people back to life. He did. There was one girl that died while he was coming to her house, and he raised her from the dead. There was a woman that was in the middle of the funeral procession that he stopped the casket and raised her boy from the dead. But you know the skeptics and the scoffers could say, well, maybe they weren't really dead. Maybe they just fainted. Maybe, maybe they just passed out. He didn't really raise them from the dead. But I'm going to tell you, when he showed up in Bethany and he said, roll the stone away. And they said, Lord, Lazarus has been dead four days and now he stinketh. There's no question this man's dead. But when Jesus gets through, he's not dead anymore. I'm telling you, church, God knows how to wait until all hope is gone to step in. But it's because all hope is gone that he alone gets all the glory. The three Hebrews standing before Nebuchadnezzar when he said, if you don't bow down, I'm throwing you in the fire. The three Hebrews said, you know, we want you to know, king, our God's able to deliver us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, he will deliver us out of your hand. You know, if God had stepped in right then and spared them from the fire, we wouldn't be talking about it tonight. If God had sent some strong wind, you know, knocked Pharaoh off, or, or Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar off his feet, if God had come along, and, then, then people would have just said, maybe it's a coincidence. But I'm going to tell you, when those boys got down there in the fire and the only thing that's burned are their ropes and their captors and they come back out and you can't even smell smoke and they're rejoicing, I'm telling you, nobody had any doubts. God did this. And you hear me, when this thing is finally over, there's not going to be a doctor. There's not going to be a nurse. There's not going to be an individual that's going to be able to get the glory out of this, but everybody's going to stand back and say, that was God. Oh, hallelujah. So I know that he'll show up 
take us through the fire again. Hallelujah. Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that? He never promised the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. Hallelujah. But he did promise he'd show up right on time. Well, hallelujah. He's going to take us through the fire again, church. He's going to take us through the fire again. Oh, let's praise him. If we believe it, let's praise him tonight. Hallelujah. 